0: I'm Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps podcast. In this episode, Casey Seymour and Aaron Fintel of Moving Iron LLC discuss the used equipment marketplace and how different pockets of the U.S. are seeing some different trends right now. Let's jump in as Casey and Aaron start off the conversation discussing tractor populations in the Southeast.
1: I got my good friend Double Ron on here with us uh, talking about all the stuff happening in the marketplace and there's a fair amount of stuff happening, but we could talk about the same things we always talk about, which is what's happening in the auction market, what's going on, various significant lines of equipment and those kind of things, so on and so forth. But I think what we need to talk about more than anything, obviously,
2: is- A lot of lines of delineation and uh, the washout cycle. right. <laughs> we don't need to talk about any of that but one of, one of the things that was beautiful that was
1: nice well timed i think <laughs> i think one of the things that we need to talk about primarily here more than anything is what we see happening in the overall marketplace and i think there are starting to see some pockets of area of the united states where all things aren't all the same and not good bad or otherwise we're just seeing some other things kind of pop up move around and if you want to take a look at what's happening if you take well, let just use the southeast for example so aaron and i both have plenty of people that we talk to every day about on stuff that's going on and if you look at what's happening in the southeast it seems like there is more tractor population i would say than oh, yeah. you'd see other places in the world right? there's
2: a lot more fleet action
1: right. yeah you got a lot more guys out there that are doing that do cotton that require a hell of a lot more tractors to make that thing work than than what you see anywhere else that being said, they are starting to see they I don't there's some concern with some of the people I've talked with a little bit that there may be too many tractors right now and they don't know what they're going to do with that next generation trade. But you move, you start going west, and you get to like the Ohio River Valley, the Middle Tennessee River Valley, you start looking at the Mississippi Delta in that area, and you don't see that same issue. No. Right? It's like the, the Georgia, Alabamas, Florida's, the SEC. South, apparently have yeah, pretty much the SEC, the, the Eastern side of the SEC, right? So if you start looking at it from that perspective, then you start moving forward, then you get to where we're at out here in the High Plains. And, you know, if we had the tractors on the lot that, that the, they had in the Southeast, we very likely would have people interested in buying those.
2: Well, it, it depends. You know, a lot of times what you have in those fleet situations like that, specifically in peanuts cotton that kind of stuff uh, you have smaller magnums, smaller 8Rs, very low spec now true yeah you're not you don't t- have the big t- ones, yeah. right yeah. T- typically when they you know when when those dealers that have a lot of those fleet type situations they don't have trouble getting rid of Three seventies, four hundreds. You know, sure. the the over three hundred crowd all leaves, right? And they even have some of those that aren't all the you know they're not I state spec, if right. you will. Yeah. So they're, I they're you know, sure. but out here, just just to prove your point, out here that base spec thing would still sell. Sure, it's still going somewhere. It, it it's not going to be a well. What are we going to do with these? Yeah, because be because that's what would be available,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a tractor. That, that's what, and I think that's the the key to that scenario that we have right now is that we're we're seeing in the and southeast. It, that It's a lot of the same thing,
2: right? And it's kind of that. You know what we were talking about? You know, kind of the the for lack of a better word, the turds are still the turds in word. the marketplace. Word. Not not that those are that, but they're not. They're not, they're not part of the insanity group, right? You know what I mean? No, oh, yeah, they're not oh. signature edition. Like, oh, yeah. oh, this tractor new was five hundred, and it brought seven fifty because it's there oh, yeah. today. You know, so I I think that I think that has a big play on that. They both both of those issues play off each other, and that's where you get even in a super hot market that's where you get a little bit of uh, we better take a look at these kind of deal yeah no i think you're right and i think
1: if you look at and but then you continue to go even further west than us and you get into the to the mountain states you start looking at the, the extreme west coast the intermountain west yeah <laughs> you start looking at you get down you know into the high value crop areas of of arizona and, and southern california and all that they're even worse off than we are when it comes to to inventory. Yeah. Cause then then you really start looking at niche machines, high clearance machines, and you start looking at, you know, various different kinds of combine situations I mean, there's a there's a bunch of different stuff that comes into that. When you look at our area specifically, um, I don't think you bring a whole bunch of 250 to Two hundred and you know eighty-five horsepower tractors here, and then you have a bunch of people that I'll take one. Yep, I'll take one. With the exception of that, is guys that are looking maybe to update a feedlot operation type right, tractor. Right, that's where a lot of those tractors that that leave and go to a, a farm operation, when they come back, to use with five or six or seven hundred thousand hours on them, whatever it is, they typically end up in a
2: in a more feedlot centric. Yeah, and area. and quite honestly, we've through the years have bought tons of those for mm-hmm. the feedlots for the yeah. berries because we don't produce that speck of tractor ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know the the owner operator, which is typically where that smaller the under three hundred goes. Right, he wants all the stuff on it because he's driving it. Sure, you know what I mean. Yep. when you get into even in our in the in the high plains the midwest you get into the the multi units the fleets and even in that realm you're if there are little ones they're fancy sure so the the dairy the feedlot doesn't want that tractor but they do they don't want to pay for it and they don't want to babysit all this stuff that's gonna go wrong right yeah. when it's covered in manure right, right. so I mean that's we just to just a piggyback on what you were saying there that's we have participated in that take that tractor there move it here and it's perfect right and you know that's that's somewhere where those cotton peanut you know kind of tractors they end up in veggie country once in a while too sure you know so the the cool thing is once you yeah in the in the north you know Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, all that you got potatoes there. But once you get to the high plains and west, you know, you got you got more more potatoes, more sugar beets, more so much more diversification. Yeah. Yeah. Growing. And that's where, you know, sugar beets, case in point. That's that's a high tractor number market because sure. there's a lot of steps. Yep. You know, potatoes, insane. Yep. Lots of tractors. Now, I think that's one thing where the equipment people
1: when they're looking at what's going on the further west you go and you get you start getting west of the uh, Mississippi River and you start getting past uh like I29 get past the Missouri River yeah. and you start moving west past that the soil conditions change the amount of water that you get changes all these things start to change that dramatically dramatically affect the co- growing
2: of cotton, and soybean, or cotton and
1: soybean, corn and soybeans corn soybeans
2: Right. So, you well, get, you get <clears throat> case in point, you get too far west of 29 and there aren't any soybeans. Right. Yeah. And there You get, elevation. you know, you get yeah. some in North Dakota, sure. but yeah. you get, you know, Western Nebraska, Western Dakotas. There's not, you, really, you run out of soybeans when you hit mountain time zone. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But you start looking at,
1: the diversification in the in those field in those areas right
0: we'll get back to the conversation in a minute but first I wanted to invite you to join us virtually this December 8th and 9th for the AG equipment intelligence executive briefing to learn more and to register visit AG slash executive briefing now back to Casey Aaron and Bud
1: I'm not saying there's not multiple crops getting grown in Georgia. I'm not saying that at all. I mean, you grow corn and cotton and peanuts and, you know, whatever, uh, sweet potato. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, oh, yeah. right? All kinds of stuff tons, that you're growing. Tons of stuff. What I'm saying is the common number of crops that a farmer grows in the areas that we live in is, I mean, you got guys that'll do they do alfalfa, some pivots of alfalfa. They'll have, alfalfa. They'll have uh, cattle. They'll have corn edible beans, sugar beets, you'll see, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And there's all kinds of stuff. I like chick, you name it, you know, there's all kinds of things. And each one of those crops, I mean, obviously uh, they have the same, you know, they have planter, you know, tractor, you got a combine, you got whatever it is that you're using to harvest. But it just seems like the need for multi-level horsepower tractors is, is more abundant here west then you see some other places yeah yeah because you'll have a you have a place in the farm for a, a a 600 power horse for a four-wheel drive yeah you'll have a 300 horsepower rail crop you might have a, a 250 horsepower tractor using a rail crop situation or a, that's you know, also a loader tractor. that's also a train i mean yeah so now you start looking at that so that the diversification of equipment that you start seeing out here just because of the needs that they, that you see out here for guys to make a living farming is, is different than what it is in other places. Right. You have so many different things that you have going. Oh, absolutely. You know? So I think that, that that need for the diversification of equipment, horsepower, I mean, just whatever it is. I mean, bigger isn't always better, you know? So there's a lot of things where you might see your tillage piece, that your primary tillage piece might be 35 foot wide, but you have some secondary tillage pieces that might be, you know, whatever, 50 feet wide, 60, You, you know, depending on what it is, you know? So there's, there's some situations there. And again, not that there's not diversification east of here, because there is plenty of diversification, but it, that diversification tends to evolve around corn, soybeans, cattles, and hogs. Right. Cattles. That's cattles. That's yeah. poor, right. Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> you have cattle. It's the cattle. It is. It's the cattle. <laughs> I'm going to go out and feed my cattle's here. Uh, so anyway, but that's, that's the four things that that typically yeah. revolves around. And it's not, you know here it's
2: cattle it's and then about well you you could you could even drill that down into just corn and soybeans because the amount of cattle to the east is yes there's there's plenty there and lots of ice state guys feed but they're far far lower numbers that way than the high plains west right and that being the case there there's hogs all over sure but that that's where your corn and soybeans takes over i mean right. that's that's a feed right off of that so if you're if your corn and soybeans aren't going anywhere market-wise the piggies probably aren't eaten when you get to that direct you know correlation sure. yep that's what i think yeah so you start looking at where things are at so now long story short is
1: here we're seeing a buildup of tractors in, in the southeast and we're starting to see that slowly take, take, you know, tick across the United States. Um,
2: and even in Canada, we're starting to see some of that, too. So when you're looking at. Uh, but here's 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 an argument being <clears throat> being the used get rid of this guy. Is there really a problem or is there just a problem with the ridiculous pricing levels we're at right now? Well, I mean, that's the same argument. That's That's
1: um, It's a timeless argument. Uh, argument i mean the same guy was saying the same thing i can't believe i'm paying two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a used tractor
2: no i and i don't mean it that way i mean like you mean like the narrowing of the customer base no 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 i'm talking about we got too many tractors well sharpen your pencil a little bit and you won't that's what i'm getting at oh yeah i see what you're saying well i mean
1: yeah to some some extent the i think one of the bigger issues that we see with equipment piling up or whatever you want to call it is simply simply that the front end of the washout cycle is just crammed full one and two-year-old machines that's what's coming in right now right there's not that and you got to go find the three to five-year-old stuff you gotta go find the this you know whatever the the six to 10 year old stuff and you gotta go find, the, you know yeah the the three to five that's the that's the sweet spot right and so if you to can get to three that to five stuff. you know to get to three to five year old stuff you've got to have you got to have a, a good amount of stuff out there for you know the overarching stuff that you see on the uh washout side I mean right if you saw on one side it's no different we've seen in the past difference here is we don't have the backflow of stuff coming in so to answer your question probably some of the st- issues that we're seeing with some of the stuff might be that but i think a lot of it too is i think a lot of it too has to do with the time of year i think that has something to do with it we've got guys that are looking at how, what's the, what's my year in look like yeah so everyone's pretty well done with harvest right now and i'm pretty well like i got 7 days to go or i've got you know right they know where they are right they pretty well know what they've got. So now they're going to start having those conversations about, hey, this is where I'm looking at, stuff put together, go hit up the account. And then all of a sudden, you have the same conversation every year. I oh, and stuff's kind of slow moving, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, it takes off and runs, right? We got, we have, what, 60 days here? Well, have, well no, I guess we don't have that much. We no, got we don't. 45 days, pretty much, because what's today? Today's the 20th. So now today's 22nd. So you got, got like 40 yeah, yeah 40 About days. 40 days. 40 days to go so which means 30 days right don't shoot yourself so i mean but a lot of that stuff too is what's driving some of the stuff more than anything is just what's available right and, and a lot of stuff's just not available right now yeah so i think if you're looking at that stuff then you start looking at combines you start looking at all these other stuff forage harvesters you start looking at those kind of things um i mean the combine the volume of combines right now is about a third of what it was a year ago right? The number of combines on the marketplace, um, still a lot of combines, but that goes back to that same thing I just said earlier. Yeah. There might be whatever four or 5,000 commons on the market, but probably 2,500 of those are actually available. Right. You know exactly. I mean? And yeah. I think, and I think that's what we run into more than anything when we're, when we're talking about this is that there might be a perception that there could be a lot of stuff in the place and, in, and their inventory and there could that could very well be there but what's actually available for sale to someone to take home today is it's not necessarily true I mean you look at did you look at our website uh, oh yeah I mean it looks like we got a bunch of stuff but I mean yeah. not all that stuff's available so, don't drive by the lot you know so I mean that's just a whole nother a whole nother thing that we're seeing and I think that will continue through um what's happening there and you know interest rates are going to play a big role in what we see happening, and. That's going to play a bigger effect on a lot of things, especially oh, yeah, start, looking, time. start looking at you know start doing, like you
2: know lines of credit renewals and those kind of things for twenty three. You know, uh, it, used it used to be when you're selling a combine, the first question was what kind of shapes it in. Right now, it's what's the interest rate. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's going to continue to be a, an issue in the twenty three. So, I don't know. It's so hard to to pinpoint what's the actual state of the union when you don't see, you You don't have all the data. You see all the data, but you don't know what the impact of that is because right. not all of it's in
2: flux yet. You can't truly tell what state the union is in. That's no pun intended there. So I think that's
1: the big picture of this whole thing is that there is going to be, there is a wave, oh, wave is probably not the right word. There's going to be a, an influx of, of used inventory, I think, that first quarter of 23 and we're going to see that grow like you, like you think you would normally see it grow through March. And then we'll start seeing some things happen based around what goes on into the overarching models of, of, uh, of the uh, McQuill marketplace. So, Gotcha. All right on man. So one thing we used to do a lot, but we haven't done for a while is the Aaron Fennell deal of the week anything out there that you're that you're pimping right now
2: lots of combines okay combines and choppers combines and choppers i got a r45 sprayer an r45 sprayer r40 45 sprayer as soon as i said that i was like wait that's not enough numbers that's a new one yeah that'd be like a four four and a half foot boom yeah 45 stands for yeah Uh, it's autonomous (laughs) But it's a it's a nice sprayer. It's on Twitter. You can catch it out there. Uh, lots of combines on Twitter. Choppers on there. A um, couple planners here and there. So uh, the the Twitter verse has been fairly active yet again. Right. Had to had to blow on it like a Nintendo game back in the day to get it to work again. Right. It's like I right. don't know how to do this. What
1: do I do with my hands? Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh. So where do they find that stuff on the Twitterverse? Well, you can reach me on Twitter at A.A. Fintel. Um, also on Facebook, you can reach me there. Call me, text me, 308-760-1193. You can find them on, on the LinkedIn as well. Yes, the LinkedIn. Correct. Yep.
1: I always say if you're going to be linked, you might as well be linked.
2: Whether you're in or out,
1: you're linked. That's right. You know, you can always you can always find a cool way to do this. Looks like I have some technical difficulties here at the video, so we're just going to let it ride.
2: There you go.
1: You can find me. I'm Casey Seymour. You can find me at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast, and you can find the video version of this, which is questionable right now, at Moving Iron at the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel, which is the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Is what's it's called super. I mean, I, I mean, I've been creative about a lot of things in my life that was probably my best work well so.
2: you knocked it out of the park with that one yeah.
1: yeah so check that one out there um go to moving iron LLC for everything moving iron related and you can find all the information out there about anything you want to find that is moving iron related at moving iron so with that i am casey seymour with my boy aaron fantel happy thanksgiving everybody Smooth going smart out
0: Thanks to Casey, Aaron, and Ben for sharing their conversation with us. You can keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.